We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Light years. Sam's fan Diari here. Across from me, I got my man, Aaron Larsoul. Aaron, I feel yes. like, first off, big win. Warriors win 123-105. But for me, the, the big takeaway from this game is they're starting to feel like the Warriors again. Steph's not playing. Wiggins is not playing. They are undermanned. But the vibes are feeling Warriors-y. And with the update mm-hmm. we got pregame with Steph getting a scrimmage in and you know it's just a matter of time i mean who knows he could he could play thursday or friday i I would probably caution against betting that but you know it's right around the corner uh they are starting to feel a little more like the team we thought we were gonna see and have not seen most of the season finally yeah uh you know what i think that has a lot to do especially today with um with dre and the energy that he provides. I think it's a combination of that and Clay, at least uh, offensively, this is among the best stretches of his career. So when those guys are going, it's kind of, and, you know, Jordan was good tonight doing his little, you know, 68% Steph uh, impersonation. So I think um, the combination of all that, and it looks like they're having, there's joy in buckets again, and they're having fun. So I think it it does. You're right. It looks Warriors-y. And today specifically, one of the reasons why maybe it looked Warriors-y was, uh, well, two reasons. One, the third quarter uh, obliteration was back. The home third quarter Warriors were back. But uh, it was also in the paint. The Warriors scored like 68 or 70 points in the paint um, today and were, I think, 28th in the NBA with like 44 a game coming into tonight. So the the traditional Warriors... I thought they were 30th, to be honest with you. The traditional Warriors, um, well, 28, 29, and 30 were very close. Um, but the traditional Warriors used to get a bunch of buckets um, in the paint and at the rim because of the gravity. Um, and there was there was some of that today. So I think for a few reasons, today specifically did look like you know the old-time Warriors. But to be fair, it also looked like this season's Warriors in the first half. Yeah, I mean, like traditionally the Warriors have leveraged the shooting threat, like the mm-hmm. unprecedented threat that Steph and Clay present to get easy baskets at the rim because they've never really had kind of, you know, a guy who puts pressure on the rim consistently, although 
Kuminga, you know. Anyway, but yeah, like he does now, yeah. Traditionally, they haven't had that guy. This season, it just it's felt at times like bro, they're just playing pick up ball and chucking from three, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's kind of what the first half felt like for the most part: sloppy defense, bad shot selection, and then in the third quarter. Um, and I feel like when you call this one out, in the third quarter they went to a box and one. Yeah, game. Yeah, uh, and Dante DiVincenzo would be my player of the game if I was given one out. Um, made life really difficult for Dame, um, and and just honestly, the Blazers kind of suck. They're undermanned. Is not Blazers are roster. not good. No, and why not? Just try to take Dame away and be like anyone else beat us because that's exactly what happened. But it, it did for me start on the defensive end. It started with Dante kind of picking up Dame and. You know, Dame's been on an all-time run recently, yeah. right? And he yeah. had he had a great first half. Also, um, shout out to Grifting with, the, with a couple of the free throws. But anyway, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, he, he could if the Warriors brought that effort in the second half, he would have got another casual 45. You know, 55 if he was feeling it. Type yeah, of, type of yeah, and he probably would have been because he was you know back back home. So, um, sure, he yeah, had, I think he had 21 in the first half, and it didn't feel like he was really working that hard to get him either um so so i feel like it starts there and then like you said they just decided to start playing more aggressively and take layups there it's been frustrating to watch them all year kind of have open lanes and i mm-hmm. get what they're looking for but like sometimes you just got to take what the defense gives you yeah and i think the the warriors are used to getting system buckets that they haven't been getting recently um mm-hmm. and even in the playoffs in the past they've gotten the system buckets but yeah, you do have to kind of take what the defense gives you. And to be fair, without Wiggins and without Steph, what the defense gives you is going to look a lot different than what the defense gives you with those guys. But today specifically, Kaminga uh, was using was leveraging the gravity of Clay. Uh, Draymond did a couple times uh, late in the third and then in yeah. the fourth. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like stuff to build on. And I we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, I think. But like maybe part of those feel good vibes also come from. The fact that teams will tell you they're not standings watching, but they're not scoreboard watching, but they all are. And so maybe some of the good vibes while the Warriors are have been on this three game now three game win streak, the rest of the West, the, the teams in proximity seem to be falling apart. Uh, like in it does, the, the urgency feels real. Yeah. Um, the Warriors knew the Mavs lost to the Pacers. What? Uh, midway in the second quarter. Yeah. And, and that game. Utah also Utah lost to the Spurs, right? Yeah, um, and then and then the, the Clippers, Lakers had already lost. Yeah, and, and the Clippers obviously lost afterwards. And we'll get mm-hmm. to the standing segment in a, in a second. But I just want I want to talk about the game just a little more before yeah. we get there. Like the the other thing that stands out to me is like one of the more frustrating things about the Warriors is like, look, they're they don't have uh you know uh, a LeBron James or like a Giannis who's gonna just like every possession pressure on the rim. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it does feel like you know Jordan Poole, He can get to the he can get to the rim when he wants, and Kuminga is definitely an athlete whose best trait is kind of leveraging his athleticism to get to the rim. Uh, and it often feels like neither of the two use it kind of to their benefit, and that's really what changed in the third quarter. There, they they played with more effort, just kind of like knowing that there's no rim protection, just get there and mm-hmm. take. The easy points. Um, You're not a Drew Eubanks uh, protecting the rim guy, no? 
I don't think he should be slowing them down. No, no. Well, there was, there was, I mean, uh, as I've said here before, I tend to not watch uh, the Warriors broadcast. Um, I like to, I follow the Warriors closely enough. So I like to get a perspective from other teams broadcasts. And frankly, most of the broadcasts are just better than the Warriors broadcast. Um, So I was watching the first half. I was watching the Portland broadcast, but in the third quarter, I think it was um, when, when Kaminga had his big dunk. Yeah, it was late third, I think. Um, yeah. He had said, like, there's no – and this was even without Eubanks, right, when Eubanks finally went to the bench, and obviously Nurk is not available. So uh, Fitz said, like, they don't have any rim protection. And the next possession was – I think it was Ty Jerome that found uh, Kaminga on the cut down the lane for the flush. So especially in those moments – and I think – I think it's more important uh, for for Jordan to recognize that because Kaminga is a good enough athlete and a and, you know has a live enough body and a big enough body that he can attack in various situations. Right. But Jordan doesn't, and so Jordan has to make use of those opportunities when there isn't rim protection in. And I mean, you you mentioned something like very important about playing with effort. The reason why Kaminga and Poole settle for jumpers especially deep ones is because it's easier right it's it's easy to it's easy sure. to throw up a 30 footer it takes a lot jab, more work jab, to try step, to get to the rim step back yeah 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 um no i mean that's the other part of it it's just like it's it force the issue a little more we, mm-hmm. we've tried this all year anyway uh big win and let's pivot to what we really want to talk about right now which is the warriors are out of the plan as of today uh, could change tomorrow. Probably will. Um, but uh, is this not the wildest standings you've ever seen? Because like before we get into it, it's, the Clippers obviously lost. The Warriors are now technically um, a percentage, percentage point ahead, yeah. up on the Clippers. But for all intents and purposes, they're the same. Uh, Dallas is a half game behind them. Minnesota's a game behind them. And, you know, Phoenix is a half game up on them. It kind of feels like that grouping from seven to maybe eight or nine, it's going to be this, you know, depending on who wins and loses on a given night, they're going to flip-flop mm-hmm. for the final, tw- you know, 18 to 20 games, depending on the team. Have you, have you ever seen anything like this? No, and I don't think anybody has. Um, I mean, there have been very competitive I feel like, like we're in. I feel like we're in the Eastern Conference, and like finally we get to live the John Wall Wizards life, where it's like <laughs> you win forty four games, and all of a sudden you're a threat. You know? Yeah, and they're you know the warrior. I think the Warriors and the Suns, I believe, are both. I think they've tied all time with forty eight wins as the the most wins not to make the playoffs. So that has happened in the in the the near term. Oh, uh, I, oh, I remember it. Shout yeah. out, we believe that was that was one of the more frustrating moments of fandom when it's like 48, 48 wins can't get you in the playoffs. Like what the, yeah. And then the, the Suns like we're trying to tank and mess it up and we're playing like three point guards at the same time. Um, I was at Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Dragic and Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, yeah. I think was the three. Yeah. They're playing through him. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so no, I haven't seen anything like this, but what I was just struck by as the Warriors were, were they ninth? I think going into tonight and now fifth, it's not just the the standings watch, which is interesting. Be, like behind the the Warriors, um, because right, those are the teams you want to secure your spot in the play-in or out of the play-in. Um, but there's interesting different differing motivations, right? Like OKC seems like they're shutting it down. Um, Utah kind of seems like they're shutting it down. 
Right? I mean, they, they got LeBron's it. out. I, so who knows they, what the Lakers have been playing well, but LeBron's out. Who knows what you're going to get there? Um, so what I was struck by, though, is not even looking down so much. At some point, once you secure being you know, out of the play-in, I was like, well, maybe you want to be in sixth and not fifth. Uh, no. Are the Suns going to catch the King? Like all of these things, all of these permutations are interesting. But at some point, you kind of start looking at matchups too. Right. I think we're way too early to do that, just to be clear for the Warriors. Um, they play the Clippers on Thursday. Uh, we'll see if Steph is back for that, but I would tend to guess highly unlikely. I don't know. It's like Kevin Durant hasn't even played a game for the right. Team, it's also the tempting yet. the fades. It's you know yeah. messing with the basketball gods. I, I understand. I think it's a lot easier to get up and then sit guys for the final two games to fall a spot, yeah. Than um, to do the opposite. So I don't. I don't think we're at that stage of the season. But it's nice to see the Warriors lift themselves finally out of the play. And I think all things considered, you want to be out of the play. if you're the Warriors, and if that means the last week of the season, you you find a way to fall from five to six. So you like the matchup better than so be it, but yeah. don't worry about that right now. Yeah. I also saw, I, I don't, I, again, I would love to give credit to whoever this was on Twitter, but I don't, I don't remember. Um, is this, they, they said it and I, it sounds like it might be true, even though it sounds shocking. Is this the Warriors first three game win streak of the season? No, no, they did it around Christmas break. Um, they <laughs> uh, now no. see, now you're going to make me go look for the tweet. It's it's not relevant. Don't worry about it. Okay. Right. Um, what I was gonna say is, it does feel like well, this team hasn't gone a run all year. That much we know. Yeah. They went on a mini run after they changed the second unit. Then everyone got hurt. And I don't know if you can call eight and four a run. It's just kind of like playing good basketball, right. but it's not really a run. I consider a run when you go seven of eight. You know, nine of ten, that sort of thing, right? But um, no, yeah, I was correct. After Christmas, they won five in a row. Okay. So, so no, it's it's not the first time they won three in a row. But they, the fact that I had to second guess myself lets you know exactly <laughs> how the season's gone. Right. So, yeah. point stands. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's look ahead right now. So the Warriors are currently the five seed, but it, it seems like it's going to be that. Are we ready to say Sacramento's kind of safely third? No. And frankly, I mean, I think they have, I, I think Phoenix is going to have something to say about this before it's done, but um, five I games think, though, five games up. Four I, and a half I think, I up. think the other question is if, uh, with how Memphis is playing, I mean, today notwithstanding, if Sacramento has a chance to get up to second, I think is a question too. Sure, but what I'm what I'm getting at is I'm not sure either Memphis or Sacramento will fall out of two three, barring a complete free fall. Just with how few games are left in the season, yeah. it's not impossible. Making up four games in the final twenty is definitely not impossible, but it doesn't feel likely. But at Phoenix. Golden State, Clippers, Dallas, and I'm going to throw Minnesota in there as well. Uh, it does feel like those four teams are going to be jockeying it out for the fourth rate. And maybe you can even throw Utah and the Pelicans in there, four through 10, for the last month plus of the season. Um, yeah. And honestly, like looking from a Warriors perspective, I kind of like where they're at if – if what's being reported uh, does come true, which Steph is back in the next two to three games, uh, we don't know what's up with Wiggins. Hopefully he's back shortly, right right around then too. But mm-hmm. if they get those two back, I don't know why they can't control their own destiny is basically where I'm at. And a week or so ago, I was in the, I don't know if they control their own destiny camp. You know, I was in the kind of like, they just need to get in and then they're going to have to figure it out. Um, yeah. Right now, the way everyone else is falling apart, it does feel like they're going to be able to decide where they want to be in the playoffs. Um, not top three seeds withstanding. Yeah. I, I think uh, if if you would have said, you know, you get to be 12 and 12, I think the Warriors are now 12 and 12 without Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, go oh, you, take the, you take that every immediate, day. Yeah. No. Yeah. Where do I sign? Right. Like, yeah, I accept your offer and make no counter proposal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's a lot to feel good about. And again, part of it, and this has been the case all year, part of how you feel about yourself is in in connection with and relative to how you feel about everybody else around you. And it's breaking the last few days have have broken quite well for the Warriors. The worst record for a team who won an NBA title. Do you know the answer? No, but I think the sixth seed is the the lowest that's ever won a title. The Rockets were a six seed and won a title. I think that's the, the Rockets lowest. are the lowest in what we would consider the modern era, but they're okay, technically yeah. not the lowest ever. So um I'll give you one guess at it. Who's, and I who just, is the, the, the worst I record gave you, to I gave you a hint that uh, that it's not it, in the modern era. Yeah, it was it's it's pre uh it's pre seventy nine. So pre Oh yeah, no, it's it's uh the the Warriors in seventy five. Second worst. Good guess. But the answer is actually the 78 Washington Bullets. They only won 44 games. Okay. Which is wild. Shout out Wes 
uh, West Island Slut, and Unself. Um, every time, that's it's one of those weird names that gets me for no no logical reason. And yeah, uh, it doesn't seem like the uh, the most. And Elvin Hayes, one. yeah, yeah. So they're they're uh, low worst record for a champ, and then the Clutch City Rockets in '95, which you know is more in line with your my memory, and then obviously um, Rick Barry's Warriors also. 48 wins. The Warriors will not be getting to 47 or 48 wins. I feel pretty confident about that. Doesn't given seem their like record, it. Given their record. Um, midway through this game, I, I was having delusions of, I we need them to go 41 and 41 and win a title from that like ridiculousness of a record. But the fact that I cannot discount it from being a possibility, like, am I just completely insane now? Or is that just speak to where the West is, where it's like, I don't really even care what the record is. They have they have as good a chance as anyone if everyone's healthy. I mean, both things can be true, right? Yes, you could be insane, but we talked about it the other day when I was on, like... Yeah. Uh, do they have as good a chance as anybody? No, but, like, I don't know. If 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 the four, if four guys are healthy, uh, I'm not picking against them in any series in the West. Yeah. And then when you get to the finals, then it's, you know... Let's see what happens. Like, obviously, they would not be favored against a Milwaukee. Probably still wouldn't be favored against Boston, even though they beat them last year. They might not be favored against Philly either. No, they wouldn't be. That's but and that's my point. But it's like, hey, man, (laughs) if they get there, we can deal with it. Right. But if it's if it's the Warriors in Philly, like, are you betting on Steph and Clay and Draymond, or are you betting on Embiid and Harden late in late playoff rounds? I mean, you know where I'm betting. Um but, you know, people can bet Vegas how they want to. All right, we got a couple questions here, and then we should maybe get to voicemails. All right. Um, from Eugene, boxing one on Dame triggered me hard. Yeah, to the, the Nick 2019. Nurse flashbacks. <sighs> yeah, honestly, though, but Steph, Steph played it a lot better. than Dame just kind of, well, whatever. Regular season game in a lost season, you're going to get a little bit of a checkout factor. NBA finals, you'll do whatever you can to figure it out. So. Yeah, but the interesting, what does it say about, because that Nick Nurse was not doing a lot of that. I mean, KD was only available for 11 minutes in that series, but that happened a lot without uh, without KD and Clay on the floor. So what does that say about what Steve Kerr thinks of the surrounding talent, surrounding Dame, that like we don't care Matisse about any Matisse Thibault is a hell of a defender. That's what yeah. that says. And he's, making, he's making jump shots now, which is odd. Yeah, that was the other part of the first half. I'm like, all right, just... Let's see him do it for four quarters in a row, right? Um, awesome. <laughs> Dame is a career L. Anti-ring culture is loser stuff, allowing losers to dictate narratives. The issue with Silver's League. Kerr, fix your rotation, Loon. I think I need a little punctuation in there. <laughs> um, I will say this. I think it's interesting Every couple weeks, we get a Dame interview, which mm-hmm. is about how he's not leaving and he's loyal. Mm-hmm. As opposed, Baxter Holmes, Haynes, as opposed yeah. to ev- the way you would typically ask the thing, which is like, "What's Portland going to do to figure this out?" Like, and now the narrative just immediately goes to, "Well, that guy's going to want to leave," you know, instead of actually walking through the process. Which is, what are they doing up there? Like, Dame's good. They got like a couple interesting young players, but they have nothing really. What can we do? 
I mean, what, what can they do? And by the way, this, on February 28th, March 1st, there's not much they can do to salvage this season. No, I mean, but but like, I don't even know, like ma- in a macro sense, I don't know what they can do unless either, either Simons or Sharp just like blow up in ways that we you know, to like be superstars. Cause otherwise there's, there's nothing there. Um, I actually like find this. I don't find the Dame like I'm staying conversation interesting anymore. He said he's staying. I don't know why. I probably wouldn't choose that. His reasons are his reasons. If he if it's more important to him to be seen as loyal or to be loyal than like winning, okay. Like, all right, man. I like do you, your reasons are your reasons. Do you think you can win a title with Dame as your best player? No. Okay. That's no. it. So then I don't know what this whole thing is. So he's just purposely making a decision that he doesn't care to win a ring. No, but that's my point though. Like, I don't know what his reasons are. And like, that's why it's not interesting to me anymore. Cause like his reasons he'd like, I would be like full out. Like, I don't give a shit. The only thing that matters is winning, but maybe that's not for him. Maybe being loyal is more important to him. I don't know. And, that's fine. I mean he's a he's a god up there. He can do that is true. There the entire city is convinced if they had Draymond Green, he would have Steph's career. I don't know yeah. how many people have yeah. like alluded to that. And I'm just saying, I'm just like, I mean, it rains 300 days a year. I don't need <laughs> I don't need to make your life worse. So um uh, I lived there for 10 years. I don't want to hear it. I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about though. It's miserable. Yeah, it's miserable. There's a there's a neurosis that comes with with living in that kind of climate, right? It's yes. And a like, well, you know what? I'm going to leave Portland alone, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are correct. Um, it's not late enough in the night for us to get into the real Portland <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Have some S- FCC violations. <laughs> All right, William, appreciate you, my man. Westbrook has been a warrior ally since 2016. Bless him. <laughs> oh, is that a three-game losing streak for the Clippers, or is it just two straight since? Uh, no, that's there? 0 three. That's 0 three for us. The double overtime, 176, 175 game, and then um, two days ago, uh, the overtime game they lost, and then tonight. Yeah, um, what a dumb move. I don't know. It's I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I actually thought the Clippers were turning the corner with Terrence Mann at point. Like I know it's not point, but like running kind of that all wing lineup. And it's just like, they're kind of a pain in the ass defensively and they move the ball well enough. And ultimately if the ball's in PG and Kawhi's hands, like that's where you want it to be, right? Like you you want as many possessions ending with them shooting the ball as anyone. Like correct. one of my issues with the Clippers over the years has been like, that's a lot of Marcus Morris. It's a lot, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or like, uh, like it was like, Oh, Reggie Jackson, 17 shots, (laughs) you know, like, like that sort of thing where you're just like the, the two guys on the wing should be the guys who's like field goal attempts are over 20, you know? Yeah. I, I, and that's, and that's a problem I think you run into when your two best players are not primary ball handlers, you know? Well, I think, yes, that is part of it too. But I think that the the reason that they wanted Russ or PG specifically and, and Kawhi theoretically like just acquiesced and said okay or signed off on it, I guess. It's definitely I mean it's it's known that Paul George was the one who's pushing more. Yeah, he was like openly and publicly campaigning for it. Yeah. But yes, like Russ will initiate offense. Um but uh, he has the personality that the problem with it is he has the personality to take shots away from those guys to try to do everything yeah. and he will just do it. 
And those other two guys have the personality that they will let Russ do that, which I think is probably part, partially why PG wanted him because it takes some of that like burden and primary, like you are the alpha carry us away from him, which he right. seemed to not want, but that's not best for the team. What's best for the team is Kawhi and PG take all the shots, make all the decisions, create all the plays. And that's just not going to happen with Russ on the team. And yeah. And, and he's look, um, he is a hall of famer. Rightfully. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he's also not the guy who's going to pivot into being late career Rajon Rondo. No. Um, so it's just like, they've, no matter how much they're like, he's going to come in here and take a back seat. And, um, and it's like, you just dramatically change the DNA of your team. So you really have two choices ride with that, which means you're probably not going anywhere in the playoffs. Which is what they're doing. Or you bench him, in which case it's like, I don't know why you signed him, but whatever. You know? But that ship has already sailed. When he started the first game and mm-hmm. has been okay, like there, there hasn't been the single moment you can point at and say, we lost the game because Russ did this. He's been fine. He's been okay. He's not a good basketball player anymore, but he's been fine. No, it's, it, it does remind me. Him, it does remind me of a of a ton of his Lakers play, where you're like, it's not like he was individually awful, but he just does everything opposite of what the team needs right now. So that's you know, it's just like it's it's like the uh, the nails on a chalkboard thing. It's like it's just it's the wrong fit, you know. Yes, um, they, but once once Ty Lue started him in game one, like, do you not think? Now it's a conversation. That, uh, now, like you have to send him to the bench and now answer questions and all. Do you this not kind of think stuff. starting him makes it easier to move him when it's just like, look, man, we're one in six with you starting, so let's try something. You, you know what I'm saying? Russ like, doesn't care. No, because that feels like that's an assault on his pride and his ego, and that it's. Do you a think demotion. it would have been easier to be like, you're coming here, you're gonna play 20 minutes a game off the bench? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I could see that. I could see the logic that way. Um. And I've, yeah. 20 minutes would be longer than I would sure, than I would you, say. You but know, yes, I yes, when you say 20, is, what you're yeah. really saying is 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh McWalters. <laughs> Portland is a very whitey city. Uh I don't think he means YouTube. Good. I know. Uh it's also <laughs> a huge inferiority complex to the sports teams. Uh and in general to Seattle. Our guy McWalters might be might have some sort of Seattle connections there. So um, you know. as somebody who lived in Portland for 10 years, I will say McWalter, everything that you just sent in this chat is accurate. So, so let's get back. We, we talk Clippers. What mm-hmm. about Dallas? Like how we're dancing around. We're, we feel good that the Warriors are up to the five seed. Now we also acknowledge like everyone's basically tied. This thing's going to go up and down for like the next month. Right. How are you feeling about the Warriors? in context of, of Dallas. Uh, do I have uh, are you talking about like in a, in a potential series? No, no, no. Like, Oh, you mean just like of, them chasing each other for the rest yeah, of the Yeah. Because season. my here, let me walk you through my concern here before a week ago, I was thinking I could see the Warriors getting it together, but I don't know if they're going to have enough games to catch up to Dallas and the Clippers. And then right after I said that Dallas has lost like three in a row, yeah, Clippers have lost in, three in, in a row, and they look and, and it's not just the losses; uh, their problems look like something that they they can't quote unquote flip a switch to figure out. It, it feels like something that's going to be like 
no, given that we're in March now, um, I don't think they're solving them before the playoffs start type of thing. Yeah, so Dallas, I mean, let's just put like one thing as like it is just we'll enter it in as evidence and then we don't have to talk about it anymore. Dallas is horrible defensively. So we'll just put that aside. They traded whatever little defense they had. Yes. To get Kyrie. Luka is one of the best whatever players in the league, but he's also one of the most difficult players to play with in the league. Not in the ways that Trey is because like guys just don't like Trey. People like Luca, but when you have the ball for that long, all the time, it's difficult to play with. Because if you're if you're one of the others, you don't get to touch the ball. You may not touch the ball for four or five trips. And when you do, the yeah. only thing you get to do is catch and shoot. It's hard to get a rhythm. It's tough to play with guys like that. Right. Now, introduce another guy that's going to have the ball the whole time with 20 games left in the season, and you guys just figure mm-hmm. it out. That's and not a don't... recipe for success when you're also horrific defensively and you don't have good role players like the the recipe with Kyrie, Luca and defense like i can see it in my mm-hmm. head uh they don't have the defense and but, they have uh, zero chemistry with Kyrie and Luca together so yes. like it's very yeah i mean i i i guess i probably should have considered this a little more so i thought they'd hit the ground a little faster but like no they they scream 500 the rest of the way at best you know one game they're hot, one game they look like they have no clue how to play with each other, and just back and forth is probably going to be what they're going to be the rest of the way. So, like, for, forever, right? The the You have LeBron, what you do is you get shooting and defense around him, and that's how you build a team. Sure. So I think I think a Kyrie and Luka with shooting and defense, like, sounds good in theory. I think that's probably the rest of, best recipe for success. Right. However, you, I think you're sunk as a defensive team with Kyrie and Luca, like you just, there's sure. only a certain level that you can get to. And that level is not good enough to win anything significant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they can get to the level they got to last year, but well, no, actually I don't. Cause I don't think that the role players had last year, but like in Mm-mm. theory. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, th- I think all this actually sets up really nicely for the Warriors. If Steph does come back in the next couple mm-hmm. of games and Wiggins comes back at the same time, because those teams just inserted problems. Yeah. Um, and maybe there are the right moves to make long term, but they're definitely not the right moves to make if your goal is to win as many games as you can in the month of March. Well, and the other the other the other thing as it relates to, you know, to bring us back to the Warriors, you're saying integrating like the Warriors aren't gonna have that same problem integrating Steph and, no. and Wiggs yeah. because they have the institutional knowledge of, well, th- of doing it before. <laughs> the question though is, and I do I don't know that anybody knows the answer to this, is that Wiggs was great at the beginning of the year got injured and then had like some weird stuff and then came back and wasn't any good. And now he's gone again, but this is an injury related, but how quickly is he going to get back to whatever he can be when he comes back? Cause I think part I, of I, the st- equation I too. still think it's easier because um, he's done it in the context of the team with these exact same teammates. Uh, whereas with uh, those other situations with the Kyrie or Russ, they don't know what their like correct balance is. Mm-hmm. So they're not like trying to rediscover. They don't, they've never had it together. Yeah. There's nothing to fall back on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's like, it, it, could it take Wiggins more than a game or two? Possibly. Probably. Honestly, I don't even oh. mean to like reintegrate him. I mean, like it looked like his game individually had disappeared when he came back from injury. So yeah, I'm he wondering, was, he looked, he looked, I, I didn't know if it was just rust or just the malaise, the mids, it looked like a little bit of everything, mm, yeah. but, that's but funny. I hear you on that. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get to voicemails, Tim. Brand's still leaving a voicemail with 7 minutes and 53 seconds left with the Warriors up 11 because me and Meredith are freaking out watching an incredible game. Uh, JP with one of his best games of the last, you know, in a minute. I mean, dude's looking nice. Remember how to drive to the rim and get those and ones. Still taking a stupid-ass fucking dumb-ass step-back threes after making one shot from 30 feet. But, hey, we'll take it. I want to ask you guys, because we're about to win this. We're going to win three straight. We're going to beat the Clippers on Thursday. We're going to beat the Pelicans. That's going to come back, and there's going to be roses. How do you guys like what, – what would be your ideal playoff seeding for the whole West? Right now, in my opinion, I like Denver one seed, Memphis two, Kings three, Clippers and Phoenix four five, us at the six, with Dallas and the Pelicans seven and eight. In this scenario – we would match up with the, the Kings in the first round, and then we were on the side of the bracket with Dallas and Memphis. We do not have – we only have to play one of Denver, the Clippers, and – ooh, Dante just hit a huge three. My God, what a beast. Uh, we would only be on the op- – we'd be on the opposite side and would only have to play one of Denver, Phoenix, and the Clippers. So I love that, but is there a path that you guys like? This would be more ideal. Curious what you guys think. Let's go. Good fucking win, I'm assuming. Let's go Dubs, baby. I mean, I agree. With uh with Mikas, I think that is our um I, I think that is the Warriors' best path being on the three mm-hmm. being on the two three side of the bracket just because I think Phoenix is going to be locked into four five and um all things equal Denver's a lot better than Memphis I actually really want Memphis for the Warriors let me be honest with you like I just I want it they they're officially a little under my skin. Okay. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's an enjoyable thing. I also don't think they can beat the Warriors. The Warriors are healthy. Um, I think, to be clear, I think anyone can beat the Warriors if they're not healthy. So just throw that out there. Everything did you see is, Dylan Brooks fit co- coming in the arena tonight? The Stone, the stone Cold? I yeah, did. They, somebody on Twitter called the, him the, the three, Austin 3416. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I, that's perfect. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, look, man, all it takes is Draymond saying one thing to him and he's going to put up a, uh, you know, three for 16, would be a win for Memphis. I I'd be more concerned about a four for 22, you know, like that type of performance. Um, uh, so I, I agree with the, the sentiment. Um, yeah, the Kings are probably the, the, the most favorable first round matchup that the Warriors could could grab. And then, uh, just cause they don't guard and none of them have ever done it before other than Harrison Barnes. Um, but yes, I would. The teams I'm most afraid of are Phoenix, who we haven't seen yet, and the Clippers, even more so than Denver. So, but if you can avoid having to play more than one of those three, yes, I think I think that's the best path. 
I agree with you. I also think uh, we haven't even talked about GP2, but like anything the Warriors can do to get a soft first round matchup to integrate players, kind of like they did last year, uh, it was a very favorable yeah, um, matchup for them to bring Steph off the bench and integrate yeah. things and that whole thing, right? So it's like uh, it is what it is. That's just kind of how they're going to be. Um, Tim, let's get to the next one. Boys, boys. First off, thank you, Sam Spendiari. You know who this is. Thank you, Aaron, for uh, tapping in here and covering for me last second. Much love, brother. I owe you one. Hey, uh, quick question for you guys. Is Anthony Lamb the best big man that we've ever seen in the NBA? Catch you guys soon. Bye. <laughs> Andy, take care, my man. <laughs> um, big Tone. My, my guy. I, I at this point I just enjoy how much Warriors Twitter despises him that right. I have to I have to be the champion of the Anthony Lamb fan club. To me, yeah, um, and Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr in the post game said he just does all. He's a, he's a he's a point five second player. He's a half second player. So you know what I hate? Like I'm look I'm I've been hard on Steve in the past, but what I hate about this is he like. He he like puts all uh responsibility, credibility aside, or not credibility, responsibility aside. I think the I think the term for it is he shirks it, I believe is the term for it. Because he says <laughs> he keeps saying I'm, like he, he keep he basically every time we talk about Anthony Lamb, he says he does all the little things that nobody notices or you can't see. Okay, well, you're telling us a we don't know basketball, but you're telling us we. I mean, he, we are he definitely equi- thinks we all don't know basketball, but, but he's also telling us that <laughs> we are not equipped to have any opinion, right? Because we don't see all these great things, so then we can't hold anybody's feet to the fire. Like if he sucks, oh well, we don't know the, all the wonderful things he's doing. What I will say is that Ty Jerome is an NBA player, and Ty's Anthony Lamb, and Anthony Lamb just isn't. So when this decision comes here in the next few days. Um, I, I think it's a big mistake if it's not, uh, here's Jerome. why, here's why Anthony, and Lamb, I think Ty Jerome should be signed for the future, by the way, uh, here's why Anthony lamb will be converted. Mm-hmm. Um, as I get hate mail, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't I'm gonna need, give out your address. They don't need a point guard. Ty Jerome is objectively the better player. And I, I think they're going to give Ty Jerome a full contract offer in the summer and just take their chances that another team isn't going to. Uh, mostly because, like, the, the GP2 plan is what you're telling me. Yeah, but also, like, his style of play doesn't fit every NBA team. Like, most NBA teams want a guy who puts more pressure on the rim out of pick and roll than, than Ty Jerome does. Ty Jerome's perfect for a motion offense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that's first thing. But second off, they want guys they can play in the front court. And while Anthony Lamb is maybe the same size as Moses Moody, he does play in the front court. So, I mean, technically, sure. All right, how about this? And I'll put it this way. The, yeah. reason, the reason Steve likes him is because he sticks to the game plan mm-hmm. and he just doesn't screw up and get in Draymond or Wiggins' way. How do you know? Steve has told us we can't, we don't see what he's doing. All the wonderful. How do you know? Um, can you see any scenario outside of catastrophic injuries to the whole team? Can you imagine Anthony Lamb playing and succeeding in a playoff game? I cannot. Yes. Can you imagine? Yeah, I, can. I can imagine it's happen- him playing. It's happening. 
it's happening. I can imagine him playing. I don't Brother, think it's, it's going to go well. Can you it's, imagine? It's much easier for me to picture that with Ty Jerome. Um, Ty Jerome's just it's literally the only position they have depth at. So uh, fine. And by the way, talking about size, Ty Jerome might be the same size as Anthony Lamb. He really isn't that far off. It's like a half inch difference. <laughs> and and Lamb's a little thicker. So yeah, um, and they're about the same quality athlete, too. Which yeah, is neither, to say not at all. The, neither of them are Kuminga head above the rim, that's for sure. I think it's a state. I mean, I I still think it's uh, this is his JTA this year. He's a shooter more than a playmaker, but it's just like that's who he likes. He's going to ride with him, um, and he's going to make the front office get him someone who's better than Anthony Lamb at the specific things he wants. Otherwise, he's going to play Lamb. Which brings me to the buyout question, which we didn't discuss. Uh, by the time people are listening to this pod, I assume the buyout deadline will have passed, so I didn't really want to dig into it. But Nerlens Noel. Stanley Johnson, um, who else is out there? I mean, Wancho, Will Barton's no longer, but yeah, Wancho, yeah. Wancho just got bad out. Those three at least profile as frontcourt players, which is, I think, the only place the Warriors would look to add someone. Like, they don't need a guard, right? So it's going to be guys who could potentially play the four or the five in the Warriors system. And those three guys, um, those are their positions. They're a Warrior. I don't think they're signing any of them. To be honest with you, should they? I mean, yes. Which who would you who would you want out of three? Wancho mm, probably. Bo Cruz. Wancho probably. I mean, I, I think Nerlens is probably the best player of the group, but Steve just won't play him, so that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Um, the Warriors could use him. But he just won't play. He just won't play. He's for the probably Warriors. better than Jermichael Green at this stage of Jermichael's career. He just won't. But Steve just won't play him. So I think it's moot. So I, I don't think I Steve. I don't think Steve wants to insert a buyout. I mean, he say what you want, but the man buys into the value of continuity. And in a West where half the team sh- shook up their roster, it could have value. Could be right. I mean, he's just like, yes, sure. I mean, that that like conceptually makes a ton of sense. There's yeah. a reason. There's a reason Warriors fans are not particularly high on Anthony Lamb. Yes, it's not ideal. It's def. Um, let's get to the next one, Tim. Hi. Just when I think I'm out, they drag me back in again. I swear, <laughs> Wolves come back when I was prepared to give up. That night. Tonight, not as much because they did get the win against the Wolves. But I was starting to get ready to be like, okay, yeah, we're here, here we go again. But somehow, they still survive. And I have told myself after the long season that I'm not going to get very serious about this team until they're at least three games. I'm giving it three games above 500. So, my question to you is, do you think that they can actually string this together and get three games above 500 even before Steph comes back? Possibly. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, honestly, it's kind of impressive that they're three and one after uh, the All-Star break. So, you know, what, what do you guys think? Thanks. Bye. Appreciate the call, my man. They're so confusing. I don't know. That's the real answer. 
They like this has been would, a good run. They might get blitzed on Thursday or I would lose think for no that, reason on Friday. I would think the Clippers view Thursday as a must win in the yeah. context of uh, they know they're getting the Warriors light without Steph and Wiggins, and it's just I mean they they should win that just to be clear. Like if if you're looking at it, it's like one team has all their Is main it a guys. Crypto or Chase? It's that Chase. Well. So. Warriors are pretty damn good there, but there doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to the Warriors season. So, yeah. I, um, yeah. Okay. Tim, next one. Um, what's up, guys? This is Zay from DC. Um, wow. This was a phenomenal win. Best win of the season, and it's not even close. Um, mm. This was the first time, I think, all season that we've seen that third quarter Warriors and man was it beautiful and we didn't have Steph or Wiggins or GP2 and we just got them got them waiting and you know and plus not even to mention it's our first time that we won uh actually I don't think it's our first time winning three games in a row but still we're on a three game winning streak we're in the sixth seed in the west right now could be the fifth. I know it's the sixth right now, but um, I, I, best win of the season. I think these past two wins made made or break us, and it definitely made us. And I think this can be a great turning point to really to really get ourselves out of a potential plan. And it just it just feels great. It looks great right now. And I think this was a real turning point, if anything else. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the call. Um, it does feel good. Like it, it, I've, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like the Warriors finally control their own destiny. Like that's the big thing I walk away with this. Like they're, it's the amount of games they've had to play without staff. You just feel like someone else gets to decide what the Warriors are going to be, and they're going to get Steph back, and they're going to be probably tied for the five or the six or the seven at that point, and then it's just going to be like, all right. You got 15 games land where you want to land and given how the season's gone i don't think you can ask for much more than that at this point it's also really good timing i mean put the mm-hmm. steph thing aside it's really good timing um uh you know like coming out of the break lose to the lakers but when these three these are all games against teams in like they count for more than just one game because their teams are going up against. So yeah, they you're beating them or two, losing so to them, like right? Two, two game swing. But yeah. the other part of it is sometimes it can be like considered a three game swing. For example, the Minnesota game, you're right there connected with Minnesota, but the Warriors win also got the Warriors the tiebreaker at the moment, right? The Warriors are now up 2 1 on, on Minnesota. So the timing of it is perfect because all these teams, even going forward, Clippers, uh, uh pelicans lakers again like all of these teams are kind of in the mix together so this is a great time to be going on having this stretch of, or to be playing better uh during this stretch sweet let's get to the next one hey guys this is dan i'm i'm uh i'm just finished watching the third quarter and i'm uh i've been thinking about like it seems like uh like one of the reasons the defense uh, like the reason we were able to come back was just, uh, defensive scheme flexibility, making adjustments. And, uh, I'm just curious why y'all think we haven't been doing more of that this year. Like nothing has changed really about the personnel. If anything, we've lost some of our, 
uh, better defenders recently. And so I'm just wondering why we haven't been making more of those kinds of adjustments, or is it just that Portland's really bad? Uh, thanks. I'm looking forward to hearing your answer. That's that's a great question. I mean, I do think that's a thing that popped about the Warriors last year. They had they would flip between, um, you know, pressing the ball to falling into zone to switching everything, and um, it really did feel like defensively they were trying to confuse the opponent by throwing as many different coverages at him. This year, I, I mean, I feel like that the main reason that we haven't seen that is they're trying to figure out how to guard anyone. Period. Mm-hmm. for most of the year. Um, and you have players in and out of lineup and you probably have a little Steve Kerr wanting to keep stuff in his back pocket for when he needs it a little later down the line. So those would be my biggest reasons. He hasn't done that as much. I, it's, it's hard to overstate just kind of like how much this season has had zero continuity. They, they, they haven't had a 20 game span of continuity at any point during the season. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of it. Um, why haven't they done it? Because Steve doesn't trust the guys. That's <laughs> that's funny. Because um, Steve doesn't trust the guys, right? right. And if you don't trust them to do it, you can only do, you're only going to stick with the basic stuff, right? If you don't trust somebody to go to the other stuff, um, also, Portland is incredibly susceptible to this because everybody other than Dame is terrible. Without Simons, there's not a lot of risk. Grant got going a little bit. Um, Mike Brown is another factor. Mike Brown not being uh, a coach here anymore is, is another factor. And then I think the main one is, like, Dante's good. He's a good defensive player. But, like, they don't have... They don't have GP. Well, they do have GP2, but he hasn't played this season sure. for the Warriors, right? So yeah. GP2 and Otto and, like, the personnel just isn't as good defensively either. And Draymond, who's still really good, is 2% worse. Um, well, I really do think it's – you, you nail it with the perimeter. Like, a lot of their scheme versatility requires having multiple perimeter and wing guys who are right. defensive game Wiggins changers. Wiggins hasn't been – Wiggins is only going to end up playing 50 to 55 games. And he hasn't been available, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he really hasn't been available with consistency since Thanksgiving. And then um, obviously they acquired GP2 because they decided uh, enough. We need a perimeter defender. And he promptly is hurt. So it's like, you know. And you don't have also, you don't have a lot of options. And and Steve went to this because the offense was struggling right. um, with, with Steph and Poole and Clay together. But when you're playing those three guys, you don't have, there's not like a lot of room to throw all kind of junk defenses and mix it up because they're just not like, that's not going to hold up. Right. Um, let's do one more call. We'll call it a day. All right. Yo, yo, yo. What up? Pastor's here. And oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, boy. Thank you, Portland, <laughs> for being the crap franchise that you are. I knew you had it in you, blowing a huge lead, just because you're a completely horrendous organization that can even keep your players properly healthy and try to trade away people year after year who are injured. You have this coming to you. Great job, Portland. Way to go. Good job, Dubs. We're crawling back up there. We're almost up to fifth. Very nice. Very nice. The whole West decided to lose this evening phenomenal can't believe we came back and won today looking promising we're gonna smack down the clippers this next game 
I can already tell with Russell Westbrook hitting the key three late in the game that they lost to Minnesota that he's going to be jacking up shots right and left, and he's going to basically cinch a win for us on Thursday. All right, guys. Enjoy. Bye. <laughs> I like it. I, it. By the way, shout out Pastor McWalters. Yeah, good energy. Calling in. It always, it's just, you know, he's the closer. Got to bring him in, uh, get the save, get us out on the right note. I mean, yeah, I'm feeling good about the direction particularly with the updates that we're getting Steph back hopefully sooner than later. Come back soon, Wiggins, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. Let's, let's, let's get a little run. Uh, uh, I, 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 like I said, delusionally thinking about the Warriors making the finals going 42 and 40 has me giddier than I should be, you know? I mean, I think, you like, you have the Warriors. Your perfect season from now on is the Warriors – like I think you even maybe want the Warriors to go like forty and forty-two and still win it. I mean, if they get it done at forty-two and forty, like how do they top that next year? They might need no, to go forty 30. and forty-two is better. Being under yeah. five hundred and so I'm saying, and and it just has to go worse. They have to do it from the ten seed. You know, it's got to be like more, even more embarrassing. Go like thirty-six and and forty-six. Somehow be the ten seed and then still run the table. Like. It's it's not setting a good precedent. It's like if you think they play with their food, you don't want to see how much they play with their food if they can actually run the table from a 500 record. That's that is fair. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting like uh, like social science experiment, but I do not think it is the best path forward. No, not at all. All right, Aaron, I appreciate you, my man. Everyone, thanks for su- subscribing, listening. We'll be back. <laughs>